You can all sit down. It's kind of got that uh, um, feeling of, you know, staying home on a snow day, a warm kind of fire going. And so um, this is just different, but I think different is, uh, is a good thing. And I think sometimes you can get so caught up in a routine that there are times God will just throw a wrench into your plans just for the sake of getting you out of routine. And uh, so we, I'd like to echo Pastor Mike. Thank you, everyone, for being here and braving the, uh, the ice. And thank you, everybody who is tuning in online. Um, I, I do believe that God gave me something. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Because if you're trying to figure out what you're going to speak or teach or say based on your own um, opinions, then you're in error. And so um, I found out Thursday that I was going to be speaking today with some unforeseen circumstances that, that was unavoidable. And um, it's funny, when, when you don't have as much time as you normally do to prepare for a message, you, um, you start praying immediately. <laughs> and uh, so that's what I did. And it was just like, God, I, I, uh, I got the call Thursday morning, and I ended up having Thursday and Friday off of work. Um, so I had, I had those days to prepare, but, um, in light of that, saying all that, I, I do feel like God gave me something, just a, a simple title for today's message, um, find your frequency, find your frequency. Lord, help us today, God, I pray that you would anoint me and help me, God, to preach your word. God, help me to do it well. I don't ever want to get up here, uh, and do a bad job, God, because I believe that you are perfect and you are after excellence, O oh Lord. So please, God, create in us a clean heart, God, to be ready to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I'd like to start out just by talking to you uh, pretty low-key today about um, the presence of God. And what I mean by that is specifically when God would reveal his glory to people. Um, we have a story that is in the Old Testament Moses going up on top of the mountain and receiving the, the blueprint for the tabernacle and also the law. And there was a, a, a shining, there was a light, um, and, and Moses came down off the mountain. His face was glowing from being in the presence of God with this light. Um, there's also in the, uh, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle of Moses. When you got into the Holy of Holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant that was on there. And when the blood was splashed on the mercy seat, there were angels on top of the mercy seat, and the presence of God would incandesce, and it would shine in the Holy of Holies. And it was what the Jewish culture calls the Shekinah, or the shining. Um, in the New Testament, you have a story of Saul of Tarsus, and he is, he is persecuting Christians, and he is on his way um, to Damascus, and there was a bright light. The Bible says it was brighter than the sun on a noonday. It knocks him off of his horse. And of course, this is where we have in Acts 9, the, the famous verse of, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Um, so a very bright light, bright light. And, and of course, the mountain of transfiguration, where Jesus takes some of his disciples and they go up to a mountain and they said that we beheld his glory. And it was bright and it was magnificent. And so I'm thinking about these things and, and the presence of God and the light. And, and in John, um, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And so I'm dwelling on this in my mind. And, and if you've, 
If you're anything like me, God will give you a thought and then you just kind of meditate on it and then you begin to kind of search some things out and do some research. And that's what God had me on the path to what I'm speaking about today. So I begin to study what exactly is light. Um, it's very clear that the presence of God is associated with this amazing glory and this amazing light. And so I began to study light. In fact, Albert Einstein said that light is matter moving really fast. And that matter, anything that has mass and takes up space, matter is light that has been frozen. And so what we know about the New Testament and about creation, it's magnificent to me to think about God in His glory and in His light. There's a, there's a story that he, he would reveal His glory and that light would shine upon Lucifer, Lucifer before he fell. And Lucifer had gems and diamonds, and, and he had, but he also had pipes and tablets. So when the light hit Lucifer, it produced a sound, and the sound went out. And when you study light and sound, they're actually, I know this is a science lesson, so whoever hated science in class, please forgive me, but we're going to learn a little bit about, about some of the science behind this, because I believe the more we learn about science, the more science will validate what the Word of God says. Because we know the Word of God is absolute. It's truth. And so we just haven't figured everything out on our end yet, but it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to search something out today. And so when you study light and sound, the, the light waves and the sound waves are very, very similar. Um, light actually has two waves. One's going this way and one's going this way. And when they intersect the electrons in the different rays will shoot out. They get too much in their, in their orbit, and they, they shoot out of orbit into the other ray, and that release of energy is what causes light. So many different kinds of light. We can only see a very small portion of it. Um, visible light, you have gamma rays, and you have um, infrared rays. Uh, we can't see any of that, but we can see visible light. But sound is actually very, very similar. In fact, if you were to compare light to sound, they would be um, unidentical twins. And so what we learn in the beginning, if you're, if you're reading the, the Bible throughout the year and you've, you've started on your, you know, your daily readings, as pastor has encouraged us, um, you've already read what I'm talking about. It's in the beginning. It's the first chapter of Genesis. In the beginning, God created, right? And that's what we have. And, and when he created, it's interesting to me that he spoke. Because he could have done anything. He's God. He's all-powerful. He could have created things from many different ways, but he chose to spoke things into existence, to speak life into existence from light. And so you have God, you know, let the waters bring forth abundantly. That's all he said, but that's what created life in the waters. And, and let the land bring forth. And you have trees and plants and bushes. Um, he spoke that into existence. And so I began to study sound because light is very similar to sound. And so when God spoke, he created sound. And sound's what created matter. Everything that is here is matter that God created in the beginning because it can never be created nor destroyed unless 
You're the all-powerful God. So you have matter that's been created, and God spoke it into existence. Um, So I began to study sound waves and how sound waves work. And you can actually visibly see sound waves. Um, there There is something, because of the vibration that sound makes, in fact, if you were to put your hand to your mouth really loud and yell, you would be able to feel the vibrations in the air, and you'd be able to sense that on your hand. And so because God created matter in such a way with atoms, um, in something solid like this table, if you were to magnify this, you would see the molecular structure and the atoms that are very compacted. In fact, in your science book, you probably had a, a cube and a glass of water and then air, and each one on the, on the solid, they were, atoms were very tight and they were vibrating, actually causing a little bit of heat because those atoms have energy in them. And then the, the liquid... Um, was a little bit spaced out, and they were bouncing around the glass jar, and then the gas is even further spaced out, and those atoms are flying all over the place. Even now, while I speak, there's, there's atoms and stuff flying all over the place. Um, but it's interesting to me that God spoke from a source of all power and created matter and life, which if you are to identify even the smallest atom, if you can split an atom, that's known as the atomic bomb. So you have God who's all-powerful, and he creates life in existence from his spoken word, and that spoken word has power in it. And if you can split that, that's enough power to destroy a city. It's incredible to me that just the very spoken word of God is so powerful, it's in creation. And so I found a way that where we can actually visualize um, sound. And so they have a, the sound team has a video. Um, it's only a minute long. What I'd like to explain to you before they play it, there is, it's something called a resonance board. And you hook a, a tone generator with different frequencies on it, and you send it through a speaker, and that speaker will vibrate this plate with sand on it and it will create different designs and different patterns. So that's what's going to be going on in the video, just so you can see that. And I want you to pay special attention to the patterns and the creation and the design that sound creates. So you have, you have these amazing 
patterns that get created with sound, sound causing vibration and creating this. Now think about this. This is only a, a two-dimensional representation of sound. And if this were to happen in zero gravity, I'm sure that these creations would not only be a pattern, but would actually create you know, something more 3D imaging. Um, when I saw this video, um, it's like the light bulb started clicking in my head. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was a paramedic firefighter for 10 years with the city of Auburn Hills. And in paramedic class, you have to understand um, a lot about the human body because you're going to be trying to do a lot of things with the human body. You have to understand things at a molecular level, at a cellular level. And so when I was looking and I was watching this video, um, I was instantly reminded of some of the things that I learned in my paramedic textbook. Um, and so I, I started looking up some things in my textbook and on the internet, and I found some, some photos that if you were to magnify certain things at the cellular level, um, if you could go ahead and bring up that first picture, this is, um, uh, it's actually a uh, plant magnified at the cellular level. And notice, notice the coincidental design that is in the magnification of a plant. Okay, can we go to the next picture? This is skin. <laughs> Doesn't look like skin, but when you magnify it, those designs and those patterns that are woven into your skin, um, it's incredible to me, but I believe that in the fabric of life, you can visually see the spoken word of God. Go to the next one for me. This is a piece of wood. So you have the same geometric shapes. Uh, go to the next one. This is actually your heart. And I thought it was so fitting that you could have a heart that has the very DNA of God's voice imprinted on your heart. And so it's very, very clear to me that there is something powerful about the spoken word of God. When light spoke, it created life. And it's visible on life. When you magnify it, you can see the, literally, you can see the voice of God magnified on human life and life in general. It's very, very powerful, your words. Um, so that brings us to us. How does that relate to us? I, I think it's, it's, um, pretty universal thought that, you know, God is able to do anything he wants to do. And, you know, he's all powerful and, and he is great and he's amazing. Um, but there's something that I think we neglect from time to time is we focus on a lot of his greatness and a lot of his authority and power. But I believe that he has leased that authority and that power to the church because we're his representation in the world. And of course, it's not our power, it's his power. We can't do anything without him, but there is authority that we have. Um, so I'd like to talk to you just for a few minutes here um, on the gospel, because a lot of what I'm talking about pertains to the what the Bible calls born-again Christian. And so in order for me to explain what, what applies to the born-again Christian, we've got to figure out what exactly is a born-again Christian, right? Um, so we believe, according to the Scripture, 
um, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Okay, if you want to be saved, you've got to know what the gospel is. And according to Corinthians 15, it teaches that the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's it's plain as day. Just take my word for it. It's in there. So we're going to go into a little bit into depth about what exactly is the death, right? Jesus is our ultimate example in everything. And he died. So then how do we... How do we experience that? How do we go do what he did? He does not want everybody to, to be on a cross and to bleed out and to suffer this horrific death. Christ died, and so we need to die. And according to scriptural, scriptural death is repentance. And, and I think, you know, oftentimes as, as born-again believers and, you know, apostolic Pentecostals, we can, we can look at baptism and, and Holy Ghost and we can say, you know, all right, and that's incredible and I'm all for that. But it doesn't mean that that repentance is any less valuable or any less powerful. Um, the Bible says that they that come to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Um, and so, like, that's the first thing. And repentance is dying to self. It is turning away from how you were living, 180-degree turn, and walking. You don't got to be perfect overnight. Isn't, isn't that amazing that God doesn't expect us to be perfect overnight? We grow in this thing. And everybody's on a different path in their growth, in their walk with God. But God is expecting you to make a genuine effort to grow and learn what the Word of God has to say, what pleases Him, what displeases Him. You're not going to be perfect even after you repent. It's a change of heart, though. And, and true repentance demands change. Uh, you can't have um, uh, a repented heart knowing that you're going to go out and do the same thing tomorrow that you did today. That's not true repentance. It, it does demand change. But notice how important repentance is. It's in the plan of God to save you. And it starts so incredible to me. You have to speak that. It's, it's something, it's so simple, but we overlook it. You've got to ask God for forgiveness and you've got to tell God you're sorry for what you've done. But you have to vocalize that in your life. You have to, you have to say those words and talk to God. That's what prayer is. And so God, being the God that he is, spoke things into existence but continued this theme of speaking in salvation. And so that's repentance. When we go to water baptism. What is, there's so many different ways that people baptize nowadays, but we baptize here at First Church according to what the Bible has to say. And, you know, if, if we're going to make an error, it's going to be on the error of the Word of God. And so how does the Word of God say you need to be baptized? The Greek word is baptizo. It means to dip, immerse, or plunge. It's completely underwater. That's what Jesus taught. That's what the disciples did. We're not changing that. And so that's what we do here at First Church. Um, we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. It is because there is no other name given among men whereby we must be, must be saved. Um, it's not an optional thing. Um, we don't baptize here in titles, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because Jesus taught to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I, I always give this a, a example. Um, if I were to write Phil here a check for a million dollars 
and Phil wants access to my bank account. He wants access to my resources. I'm going to write him a check, but at the bottom, I'm going to sign your friend. He's going to take that check to the bank, and they're not going to be able to cash the check to give him the resources that I have is because there is no name on the check. The power to have access to the resources of Jesus Christ, the blood that he shed for you, is in, in order to have that access, you've got to have the name. The, name, the name's the key to, to get to the blood. It's the vault. And so when you have the name of God in water baptism, it applies that blood from Calvary to your life for the remission of sins, okay? Now, in water baptism, if you were not to speak the name of Jesus Christ in water baptism, it don't count. If somebody was there and they had Jesus on a, you know, written out and they said, we now baptize you in name, it doesn't count. The name of Jesus has to be spoken in water baptism because there's power in the spoken word, okay? And of course, after you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you have to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, this is one of the most incredible gifts, the most incredible gift that God has ever given humanity. Um, in fact, it's why he came is to establish the church, a born-again group of believers that would change and impact the world. And that's what we're called to do. So God gives us, the Bible says it's power. It's power from on high. And, and continuing with this theme, in order for you to know that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and in order for others to know that you have it, the Bible says there's evidence. There's evidence that accompanies this. Um, and it, it says that the evidence is speaking in tongues, speaking in a heavenly language. Notice that every step of the salvation process requires something to be spoken. It's powerful because it's what God established in the beginning. It's, it's what Pastor you know, teaches us that it's the law first mentioned. The first mention God is speaking anything, he's speaking something into existence and into creation. Um, so the spoken word is very, very powerful. So now you're a born-again Christian. After you go through this process, um, the gospel of salvation, all in the word of God, and we all have a natural birth. It's what Nicodemus was talking about in John 3. Jesus says you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Nicodemus didn't understand what he was saying. And he says, how can I enter my mother's womb a second time? Because we've all been in a mother's womb. And we've all had that natural birth. Being born again is a spiritual birth. And so it's, it's incredible to me um, you know, you, you wouldn't expect an elephant to give birth to a giraffe. Does that sound crazy? Pretty crazy, right? Or, or sheep to give birth to a wolf, right? Sheep give birth to sheep. Uh, elephants give birth to elephants. Human give birth to humans. Um, it's how God set up nature. And so we're talking about this second birth, a spiritual birth to where God is our father and the church is our mother. And so sometimes we can be confused a little bit or reluctant to admit that we need to have attributes from our father. We need to have characteristics and abilities. Why? Because I came from him. 
I was born of him, of his DNA, if you will. And, and this is what's so powerful to me, that we came from him. And light, light spoke in the beginning and created, and created life. And Jesus said that in John 8, he said, I'm the light of the world. But in Matthew 5, Jesus says, you're the light of the world. So the Bible can't contradict itself. So how can he be the light of the world and you're the light of the world? It's because we come from him. And if that's what he was, that's what we are. And so just as light in the beginning spoke and created, light now can speak and create. And this is Proverbs. This is so powerful to me because we get so relaxed with our words. But as a born-again Christian, your words literally have the power to create, to alter tomorrows. So, So don't ever, I mean, it's so common for me, you know, if I'm driving and I miss an exit and I'm bad at it, I know I am, honey, and And I'll say, gosh, I'm such an idiot. I'm such a moron. And I'm speaking those words. I need to understand who I am in him. I'm the light of the world. And whatever I say has the power to create life or to destroy and create death. It's what's found in Proverbs 18.31. I always thought this was in James for some reason. I know, there's a, I know there's a chapter in James about, you know, the tongue in your mouth and the, the big ship and the little rudder and the, the bit in the horse's mouth. But life and death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we got to be careful what we say. And, and it's so easy and so it can be so comfortable to become critical or, or to have a discussion where we're just talking about, you know, family or, or work stuff or church stuff. And um, I, I just think that God's really calling us this year to be something powerful in this city. And we've got to learn to put a filter on what's negative and release what's positive. Because I'm telling you right now, if we start talking different, if our attitude changes, I'm telling you right now, there's, there's some nervousness, and, and I don't want to get too, too caught up on uh, you know, some of the vision stuff, but this two-service thing, I'm telling you right now, I must speak this. This is going to be the best decision we've ever made. We're going to fill up two services, and when that's done, we're going to have to add another one, and we're going to build something over there in the field, and, and when that one's full, we're going to go to two services over there. And this is what's going to be the dream of this church. We are going to occupy till he comes. And we're never going to get content with where we're at. And we, that building gets full and we're going to find property and build a bigger building. It's just going to, we're just going to add and grow and do this thing until God comes back. But in the meantime, we've got to make sure that we're speaking life and not death. And speak death to the things that need death spoken to because you can kill some things in your life. And we're finding that out with fasting right now that some things in our life, the Bible says some things only go out through prayer and fasting. That's what we're doing right now. We're getting rid of some things. We're killing some things. And, um, and, and I believe that God has something absolutely incredible for this year for this church, for next year for this church, 
the year after, the decade after. And so, so today I would remind everybody, remember that the spoken word of God in the beginning is engrafted, is imprinted in creation. You magnify it, it's there. And so when you speak, remember, you belong to him. You're a child of the most high God. His power is inside of you. His authority is with you. His name is attached to your name. And so when you speak, it has a lot of weight and a lot of power. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful today. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have service. 20 years ago, Lord, this wouldn't even have been possible. But here we are having service on an ice day. Many people tuning in online. God, we're grateful for that. We're grateful, Lord, for the mighty revelation of the spoken word, for how powerful it is, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, I ask you humbly, would you guard my words? Don't let me speak anything, God, that is below the dignity of a child of God. I want to be an encourager. I want to be an uplifter. Somebody, God, who, who can add to the kingdom and be profitable to you. Strike me dead, I pray, before I would ever be a means to cause division or discord or gossip in your church among your people. Help us today to be very aware of who we are. We belong to you. We're yours. Let us act and let us speak accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We go ahead and give the Lord some praise today. God, we love you. You're so grateful, mighty God, to you. You're wonderful. You're holy. Lord, please be with these amazing people as they leave here today. God, I dispatch angels to ride with them. I put protection around them, God, in your name. Dear Jesus, get them home safely. We'll do our best this year to have the most positive speaking year we've ever had. Lord God, we love you in your name. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Pastor John, for an incredible word. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in online um, and for making it here with all the weather issues we've had. But remember, tomorrow night is prayer. We're asking everyone. Roads will be clear. You can come in. Uh, they'll be fine. But we're at, we had 151 in prayer last Monday night. And it wasn't about the numbers. It was about the spirit of what happened here at prayer. It's an amazing, incredible time in prayer. We've got something special this Monday night. So please make your way here. We're asking everyone as a church body. We're doing this fast and we'll continue. Uh, so please be here. We're asking you just be here and uh, and see what God will do through all this sacrifice and just the consecration that we've been doing together as a family. And I believe we're going to have some amazing things happen tomorrow night in prayer. So 7 o'clock tomorrow night, be here and come expecting that God will do something great.